Welcome to a brand new Podrick the Podcast episode, the podcast series brought to you by Incremental, the future of measurement. This episode is part of a series titled Measurement Orchestration, which follows on the white paper we've recently published on the topic of how to make attribution, incrementality, and media mix modeling play nicely together. During this episode, Hadar Telem and I, Maor Sadra, hosted Omer Gerson from Play Studios. going deep into the topic of marketing measurement, incrementality, SKN Network 4.0, Tetris, and more. But before we dive into this exciting discussion, please make sure you're subscribed to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We have a wealth of knowledge, insight, and inspiration lined up for you. So without further ado, let's start the interview about the Measurement Orchestra with Omer. joining us um, Homer it's really nice to have you here hi what's up <laughs> <laughs> we are very good at great this. to be here yeah <laughs> great to have you um, Omer maybe tell us a bit about yourself um, okay so so I'm Omer Gerson I'm the director of marketing group at play studios uh, just a little bit about my personal background I'm been in the online marketing uh, industry for quite a while in the past decade uh currently in my current role at play studios um uh it's actually where I started in the apps landscape uh because before that I was leading marketing for uh smaller stuff startups uh in more in e-commerce and health tech uh, landscapes so it's actually in the past five years that I'm working in play studios that I entered the The app industry and currently what I'm doing is that I lead all uh, performance uh, performance marketing and uh, operations aspects It means uh, user acquisition retargeting ASO and how they all work together with the brands with creatives with data product and and monetization so this is a bit about me um just so for the listeners a bit about play studios so play studios is uh where mobile developers uh we develop free to play uh, mobile games casual and 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 uh, social casino games um we are in the past two years the official developers of tetris for mobile uh which you uh probably know is a, is a very known uh, brand and a game a very known uh, game we are also um And the developers of, of large uh, known casino titles such as pop slots my Vegas lots my economic slots and MGM slot slide what's unique about play studios is that we have in our portfolio uh, a loyalty program called my VIP which uh, allow our community of players to collect loyalty points just for playing our games and when they do that they can redeem it for real life rewards uh, and we have the many great brands in this uh, unique uh, program such as Norwegian Cruises and Legoland and, and MGM Resorts at Las Vegas and many, many more. So this is just about me and the company. Um, that's it. Are our employees allowed to participate in this uh, reward program? <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. It's, it's <laughs> funny, you know, when, when, PlayStation is also a public company in the past yeah. uh, three years and once we become... Uh, It was reported but once we became public company it was very clear that we can't use or use our uh, loyalty points so you can only you can only go to Legoland as an individual uh, person 
So yeah, so I can only walk and and you know walk on and good the advertisements around that, but not <laughs> not uh, participate. But but I'm jealous of our audience, really jealous of our audience to be able to. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been to Legoland in Denmark twice. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's so worth paying the so, full price. I'm so into Lego. I'm so into going to Legoland someday. Really? And I've been, uh, but but really want to do that. <laughs> cool. Um. Super nice to have you, uh, as you said, but today we're going to talk more about kind of uh, growth marketing and performance marketing. And it's kind of difficult to talk about these topics without talking about measurement. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, did and how uh, marketing measurement change your day to day, given the privacy related moves uh, over the past years, including ATT, Google's upcoming changes or anything related to privacy? I think that in the past years it changed quite dramatically. Uh, if you want to go to the roots of that, um, I think uh, we as a gaming co- mobile gaming company and most gaming companies are very data oriented. And one of the main K- KPIs that uh, that we optimize against in marketing in, in performance marketing is to return on ad spend. Um, sometimes in most cases, uh, when we optimize to, um, return an ad spend on ROAS, uh, it's for a longer horizon of return. We don't expect like an immediate, uh, like in e-commerce that you, uh, put an ad, you expect the, the users to click on it and then purchase and then get the, the ROI out of that. We aim for longer term or longer horizon of return. And then everything that we optimize against uh, is earlier metrics that projects to the future, projects to how much or when we are going to return the investment. So there is a lot of data work around that, a lot of data work that's done on the user level data to project LTV uh, for users. And... When, how we did it in the few years ago is that we, we used to calculate LTV on, on the user level and, and we still calculate LTV on the user level, but the new challenges that we have with privacy just don't allow us to, to then send it to, to the MMPs or to the attribution measurements and, and, and know exactly which users came from each campaign. So it leads to to a very um complex challenge of trying to do things more aggregated so the way it impacts us is that we are measuring our ltvs more aggregatively and and looking on on aggregated projected roas and not specifically on specific um, channels and i think that one of the latest uh or the biggest changes in the past two years is, is scan getting into the picture because scan is already two years with us and I'm not I don't think that anyone can say that uh, it can provide a clear picture like all the work with scan is around the indicators of what's good and what's bad it's not giving an exact um, image of, of what's going on with your campaigns so um you would ask, you would think that it would harm the way that we do marketing on iOS, and it didn't. It's actually, in some cases, it, it opens our minds to uh, 
to measure more realistically or to look at things differently. So I think for larger advertisers like us, um, it's actually opened opportunity to, to do that. I also thought, by the way, that when, when, uh, when ATT was announced, SKA Network 2.0 was announced, because 1.0, by the way, was already announced many, many yeah. years ago. But um, I thought it was a blessing in disguise. I actually thought that, like, yes, I see the, the pain in the ass for a lot of people because, you know, like, infrastructure built on the user-level data, okay? Third-party user-level data, you had infrastructure built on it. Uh, um, but I always thought that, like, again, um, there is data-driven and there is there is essentially, like, looking at data, forgetting about the um, heuristics part, okay? And mm -hmm. marketing always had a funnel. Marketing always had a little bit more steps of decision, creative, and so on. It wasn't just about this, like, last click um, race to the race to the bottom that's what uh, a few other people called it as well i think that it, you know it's a lot there are a lot of discussions around attribution lately because of the privacy changes mm -hmm. but actually for the ones of us that are long time in the industry we know that attribution it's a very old question it's a very old question that the privacy changes that just puts it put it in our faces to 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 not hide behind the concept of, the conception of um okay so i'm very clear about how i measure things and i have the direct roi of each and every ad and every campaign so i only do what i can measure now that you can't measure so uh the way i see it is that we are killing this term, this, this, this term that I hate, user acquisition, and starting to do marketing back means that we look at the things more holistically. We need to think of the motivations, not just on, on MLs and user level and, and LTVs and how we, we do some to, to target specific people. Um, we started to do marketing. We started to think of motivations on doing... Uh, investment in brands in in more holistic way of how different things that we're doing impact maybe the the fact that we did uh, Facebook all these years and prices just went up and it started to be ineffective maybe it will start be effective again because we can see clearly the 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 halo effect around it uh, so this is what I like about going back to our business and being marketeers. Uh, before we use their acquisition managers. So this morning, interestingly enough, so this morning I literally looked at um, all gaming advertisers and the channel they're running on. I did a little bit of an analysis of like 2022 versus 2023. And the biggest growth percent-wise, not absolute growth, but the biggest growth is two CTV platforms. Okay. Vibe and TV Scientific, those literally had the biggest growth year over year across all our gaming customers. Of course, again, the bit, they are still not within the top 10. You know, it's still Google, it's Moloko, it's Uplovin, it's Unity, it's IronSource, but um, the biggest growth is them and then influencers, okay? Influencers, they're never, like, influencers will never be a top 10 channel, I think, for anyone, but they're becoming really important. And I think part of it is is exactly what you're saying, is when you stop obsessing about deterministic advertising, and I'm using parentheses, um, then you start thinking like a marketer and you start remembering that, 
you know, influencer marketing, that's basically word of mouth. Okay. That's a community. Yeah. Uh, what you start thinking of like putting your brand on big screen video and the impact this has as well. And, and yeah, that's kind of like, I'm seeing the same thing from a statistic standpoint. Yeah. I actually mm -hmm. gave a presentation on pocket gamers connect in Helsinki in September. Um, and one of the things I talked about is kind of going back to kind of all the uh, methods of marketing. And I actually showed like Google Trends showing that the keyword search for uh, brand TV, uh, brand and TV uh, have increased massively since uh, 2021 and kind of ATT. Uh, so correlation, not causation, but uh, indeed, everyone is going there. And I think like as a as a marketing uh, graduate, uh, I mm -hmm. think it's uh, super interesting and nice that those old methods are kind of uh, have their uh, revive revival. <laughs> what is it? Uh, so it's it's very interesting, and I think that it's it's like being a real marketer now and not focusing only solely on kind mm -hmm. of uh, how to get a slowly like very uh, slow increase in your CTRs. The interesting part is that you you mentioned more about the increase of CTV and influencers about Roku, about uh, Vive, about uh, TV Scientific, and you will go and ask those advertisers that started to to invest massively in these channels and ask them, "You're investing a lot in it. Does it work?" They will say, "I don't know." This is what they will say to you, uh, well, and, and 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 and. and it's it's interesting because um, it it's not a very clear answer at the moment. It's not that you can say this is clearly working because it has deterministic uh, attribution or not working. You need to look at things more holistically. And then investing in in, in connected TV, it's not something that you can say this is working. You can say it impacts the entire picture to be working. And then it's, it's a question of how you look at things and what you uh, aim for and what's your purpose of what you're doing. Amado, remember that as incremental, essentially what we're seeing is we're seeing the results from an incrementality standpoint. So again, the, just the fact that people spend on it does not mean that necessarily it works. I agree with you there. But generally speaking, when we look at ad spend on TV and influencers, we're also measuring it. So we mm -hmm. know for who it's working and who is not working. Actually, this is a very good segue to my next question. So, you know, you mentioned Tetris. Tetris is well known. Let's say it like that. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen the um, the movie or the mini series. Oh, about, so uh, it's the next thing that I wanted to, to speak about, <laughs> about incrementality and brands and, and, and TV yeah. and connected TV. Um, so, yeah. So just, uh, just to tell about it, there was a movie released in Apple TV Plus in in April, uh, a movie talking about the how Tetris came into the world. It's actually a very interesting story. Um, there was a movie released uh, in April, and you can just imagine how a movie released in Apple TV impacts the uh, the visibility and brand awareness and the uh, actual amount of downloads for Tetris Mobile. Uh, so it had huge impact. It had huge impact on our on our business. Uh, it actually drove us um, in the very first days of the launch to uh, to a very new uh, let's say new baseline of 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 installs of of daily active users. 
and it lasted long. So this is one part, I think, uh, uh, an interesting story about how uh, Tetris as a brand yeah, creates incrementality. It's not about the brand more, it's about how an, an offline activity impacts our online it, activity. Is the fact that it's such a well-known brand though, like, did that mean that you guys were already worried or caring about incrementality before ADT or by essentially incrementality like became important for you post ATT. That's kind of like my question there. I, I, I think that, that when we talk about the incrementality regarding brands and, and Tetris is, is one example, is that uh, Tetris is in place to this for the past two years. And the, the movie release was a very specific action that, that drove a, a lift of installs and, and daily active users. But the overall lift that I think we feel every day with Tetris is, is around how familiar it is and how it impacts people's reaction to it, the, the conversion rates of installs and the familiarity in stores, that means organic installs, and then how it impacts uh, um, our costs, our CPI for Tetris from what we know for the past two years uh, is fairly low compared to the benchmark. And we just more and more understand how it re related to, uh, to being a brand. And we have more examples to it. We have, besides Tetris on our uh, casino um, category, we have games that have titled with familiar brands such as MGM, Bellagio, Konami, which uh, uh, we found that these names on our games proven to improve us against benchmark. And we also have inside all these games and, and games that are less familiar in, in title like Pop Slots and My Vegas Slots that when we have IPs inside the games, when we have machines um, that, have, that um, introduces uh, um, familiar movies or, or brands or, or other names from the uh, Las Vegas Strip. Um, so it also impacts the way that the, the outcomes that we get for marketing. We get higher um, higher conversion, lower cost. It impacts our stores ranking. This is how it generally impacts um, our business. So it's, it's very important. And the question if it's related or not related to, to measurement, I think that I think that in a word that it's uh, that you're looking for, uh, let's say, um, um, secret spice for your business. Uh, and in the past, secret spices was to, to do targeting properly and, and do those things. So brands is one of them. Brands to, to just improve and, and create ripple effects on your business. You know, because we work with a couple of IP games, one of them that I can definitely mention is Sega. Okay, and Sega is a very, like, similar to Tetris, is a very, very well-known IP, you know? Mm -hmm. Something happens with Sonic all the time, massively impacts all the um, all the mobile games and the retail games. And I know that for Sega, incrementality was always on their mind because, like, the brand is so strong that almost, like, every campaign they launch gets over attributed from a user attribution standpoint which always makes them ask is it really incremental are we really getting these conversions 
or were we getting these conversions already? So uh, I think it's a it's a very good question, and and what we see in the um, like if I go if I go back to to Tetris, it's again it's back to um to the stores and the competition. We have many competitors that are imitating Tetris. They can't really uh, imitate Tetris because we have some some. Uh, um rights about the name and the, around the mechanism but we have a lot of of, of competition that trying to ride on our familiarity and they succeed with that but what we see is that although they're trying to to ride our familiarity with tetris they are not growing organically as much as tetris mm. and maybe it's it's an hypothesis that their stand just helps building the Tetris brand and eventually people are looking and getting into downloading the real Tetris or the official Tetris on the only one Tetris. Uh, so it's it's very interesting. And I think there, there's a lot of, of, of different ways that uh, gaming companies now do launches using these methodologies. We see more and more... Um, companies that launch games and I think one of the largest successful stories of the of the year is Monopoly Go <laughs> aiming for conquering countries uh, and doing it holistically trying to hit the charts on each and every country they, they target and and do it holistically and and just being first in this market before they go to the next one and there are a couple of of, of by the way, the, the funny thing is that that's literally how you play Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, this is literally, you're right. This is literally, they're doing Monopoly with their Monopoly game. And 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 I think if they're not the first to do that. The Moon Active did it before, and there are smaller companies that are doing it uh, these days. And, and I think there's a lot to learn from it. Also for the, for the larger players, I see how... Playtica and other more veteran players are, are trying to, to do the same mechanics or, or methodologies to, to drive something more realistically in their marketing. By the way, before we move to the next question, I just want to say that when I watched the Apple TV Tetris movie, I downloaded your Tetris game. <laughs> How is it? It's great. It's great. Yeah, I, I don't say, but let's say I do monetize. I'm you considered a whale with many, many companies consider me as a whale and not just because I'm a little chubby. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, OK, so you said that you basically measure through many different angles. You mentioned scan. Uh, you mentioned that now if you're um, kind of looking at, uh, I don't know, let's see, TV or your brand, you're looking at things that are not just attribution. So basically, do you believe that? I guess the answer is yes, but do you believe that there is a need to kind of orchestrate different measurement um, methods? And if so, what do you use and how do you combine those? Um, so I do think that we need to orchestrate different methodologies. Um, there, the previous chapter, I think the previous episode of, of this podcast with Iran talked a little bit about about uh, a single source of truth. Mm -hmm. There's also one um, one big uh, um, player in the industry that uses this term as 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 a product, mm -hmm. and I think that's trying to um, 
take it as a single source of truth where there are a lot of interpretations of, of the data is just it's just not really realistic and and looking at um uh, several sources of truth it's actually it's it's a funny it's a funny term <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like uh, Kelly McConaughey talked about alternative facts there are alternative facts there are facts and there are ways to to measure them uh so so data because there is no one truth I think this is kind of the, the premise that is there is the one truth the one truth that you have is the money in the bank this is money, the one truth that you have then everything else debate way to measure how, what impacts the growth of your money in the bank means your revenue from players means your audience and and these are not sources of truth these are interpretations of the truth mm -hmm. and uh, or or let's say uh, um i want to say opinion about opinions or or analysis about how data driven how opinions uh, how you look at things so yeah so if you uh, i don't know if you compare scan to uh probabilistic to deterministic to uh facebook am these are all opinions and, and like opinions, there are subjective to the truth. They are not objective to the truth, most of the cases. And so I believe what every business should do is to embrace and orchestrate the different methodologies in a way that it's right for their own business. Mm -hmm. Means uh, if you are a smaller uh, company, maybe the start, maybe it's, easier for you to to align more on on more sure bets on on the term, more deterministic channels on more uh, uh, things that you are that you can work with and when you grow you can take more risks and you need to to develop more methods because it's the only way to grow and you need to align uh, and to being able for example what we do in place play studios uh, we do a lot of iOS activities. We use a scan as a general, and we use scan as one way to optimize our campaigns where there is no probabilistic like uh, Meta and like TikTok and, and these kind of channels. And in the other hand, we use scan to take the unattributed installs that we get and and to say okay this using scan this is how we're splitting those unknowns into mm. organic and the paid channels and we use the consent part of the traffic to extrapolate how we uh, um, evaluate the users yes. that are getting into the the system so it's not a source of truth what we build. It's our interpretation and how we want to measure mm -hmm. and how we believe we need to measure. And it's not the truth. It's just the way we do it and we can evolve with it. We should evolve with that. Um, as you're able to grow with your measurement method, I think, or methods, I believe this is As long as you're able to grow your game and, and, and build it against your goals. If your goal is to grow, um, let's say grow regardless of growing money, growing returns, and so so you're aiming to grow. You will look at installs, you will look at, at early revenue, at new revenue, and etc. If you're more looking on profitability and 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 ROI, so you you will optimize your business differently, and then you develop certain um, 
methods to do it and and look at in the incrementality of things right? I, I, I think that again they you know like the term single source of truth basically works well for my sales and marketing but the reality is uh, here here you go single source of chaos because because that is the reality okay single source of chaos you make sense of the data the way that fits you as a mm -hmm. company uh, but again I think for the broader broader marketer community people do want the simple solution and they want to believe that okay I have a single source of truth uh, but I think every person working in marketing knows that there isn't a single source of truth I think it's more for managers upper management that wants to have kind of one place to look at and that things would make sense and I think this is what eventually um, marketers should be getting once they orchestrate the different methodologies they have, they should be providing kind of management, something that is coherent. Mm -hmm. So let's call it that way. It's not a single source of truth, more it's there is a single source of trust. It's mm -hmm. something that you need to trust. It's a method and that I agree with more. It's something that you need to trust and you need to simplify. You need to be able to simplify and, and, and justify with your, um, with your uh, senior management. And to be simple about that, mm -hmm. but but it's an interpretation, and I think there are tools, or or let's say the next gen tools for measurement are the ones that will provide uh, uh, simple uh, solutions to do this orchestration with the um, with the explanation or with the the actual uh, honesty that the way that we do it it's uh, it's suited for your needs. And it's an interpretation of how do you want to interpret your data towards your goals and needs, and not as something that is a one truth that suits all in the market. It's it's the truth that's the or the trust or the way that you want to measure your activity in in a way that that adjust adjusted to to your needs, and and it just means that that you need to understand what you're doing and, and if it's something that, that and if the things that you do are impacting or not impacting your business and what you're aiming to impact. Omer, since, um, since the original announcement of ATT sometime, I don't know, June 2020, okay? Um, like, were you or maybe you have Play Studios as a company, did you guys... Um, already start moving the mindset then or it took you a while like were you clinging to you know maybe apple will change their mind and we're still gonna operate our infrastructure on the user level basis or were you hey guys we need to create a special task force get ready for this so so once they announced that we started the task force we will sure they are going to do that i will tell you the opposite way i'm, I'm still like surprised to hear that Two years after uh, iOS 14.5 and scan released and IDFA deprecation, there are still ad networks that just ignore this reality and, and think that probabilistic matching will never fade away. Um, and we, as a notion, since the early beginning, um, adjusted to scan, we're working to adjust to, to, adjust to scan. I think like everyone, we're a bit behind with scan four, uh, but we want to be better at that. Um, but 
me personally believe that we need to evolve. We need to evolve with scan from the early beginning. We need to take and be minded to the fact that probabilistic matching will some point fade away. I'm hearing a lot of stories, uh, very convincing stories about how it technically and not possible uh, from the ad networks. But what I want to remind everyone that we are talking about yeah, I'm hearing a lot of of of, of admin. Apple will never be able to. Uh, Look, la last last week we spoke with a gaming company, and these guys spend more than ten million a month. Mobile gaming company, and their reaction to you know probability going away was, you know, our MMP rep told us that um, privacy sandbox will not interfere with their ability to do fingerprinting. I think we should differentiate between uh, probabilistic methods of attribution to fingerprinting. No, fingerprinting is um, like... I, yeah, no, the, but when we call like incrementality measurement is a, a type of probabilistic... I'm talking about probabilistic matching. And, and Probabilistic matching of users that are mostly fingerprinting. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so um, what, what I was about to say is that... Um, I hear a lot of technical explanation about how Apple is not physically able to block probabilistic matching. While I think we forget the, the, the company that's, that's behind this. This is a company that invented computers, invented uh, smartphones. They are reinventing computers now with, with uh, Vision Pro and they will find a way to block probabilistic matching and 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 do it somehow that nobody how to do that but it will fade away it will fade away apple has been very clear and by the way so if you like the tetris movie which i guess you did you'll also like the super pump the one about uber where mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the ceo mm -hmm. of uber meets apple and because you know they continued doing things that are not allowed based on privacy just by geofencing Cupertino and not showing certain features. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's actually what Uber did, by the way. But um, anyway, no, Apple Apple is pretty clear. Like, you know, you can be cynical. You can say their ads, like they want uh, Apple search ads to increase. Maybe they do, but doesn't matter. <laughs> like every step you look at, like what Apple has been doing is very, very clear. User level targeting, user level tracking going away. And Google has to follow. It's not that they can create their own rules. And we need to remember that they have interest behind that because they have interest behind that. And when they will own the data and they will improve their capabilities to, to further than Apple search ads to use this data and, and, and get a larger share of the market. So they have a gr very great incentive to, to fulfill their uh, prophecy of rage. Uh, to 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 exterminate IDFA, um, so so embrace scan for God's sake, embrace scan, do it, do it for yourself. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, maybe just maybe they just need to don't, give. Don't 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 be in the conception. It won't fade away. It will. Yeah, maybe they just need to rename it to have a friendlier name because the name sucks.
<laughs> the name Every stocks branding, the that's what they need. doesn't matter. They, it would fade away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> scan, scan it's a terrible method to measure things, right? I, I'm not I'm not hiding that. It's a, a terrible and scan poor doesn't improve that much. Yeah, I don't think also that rebranding would be enough. <laughs> and and rebranding won't change it. And it's not it's not it's not clear. It's not a way to measure clearly things that you want to measure. It's not a way to measure things. Yeah. It's just everyone that uses scan. But it's a reality. They it's take reality. scan schemas to uh, to translate them to metrics that we know mm-hmm. with with some models. But we, we take this horrible method and, and translate it to, to data more. that we can work with. So, so I don't see how it's changing. Uh, Especially when it's it's still available in Apple Search the, the, in the clear way, so it works for Apple and and it will continue to work for Apple. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is basically our last fun fact uh, question about mm-hmm. you. Um, basically, about what instrument would you be playing if you were in an orchestra? You probably heard previous answers, but we want to hear yours. Um. I'm playing guitar since uh, age 11. Uh, so I think I would I would take that as an answer. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure it would be in an, in an orchestra. It would probably in a garage punk rock band, but but uh, but this is definitely my my instrument. Fender, Gibson, Ibanez, Jackson? Fender, Fender. Strat? Definitely Fender, Strat. Um, yeah. Nice. Very cool. And, and uh, by the way, Ingwi Malmsteen uh, played many times with an orchestra, if you know him. No. He's like a guitarist. Nah, he's like a Steve Vai. He's like one of those infamous epic guitarists who's who's a guitarist, who's a virtuoso. Yeah. No, I'm more in the, in the punk rock, uh, grunge uh, type of music. Um, still playing since age 11. Um, but this is, this is my type of stuff. Super <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, Omar, for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you.